Welcome to another episode of the Finance and Property Survival Guide. Uh, Dave and I wanted to produce another standalone podcast covering some of the main tips we give our clients when they are looking to tighten up their budgets and save more money as a result. Some have asked why this is important. There's a few reasons. Number one, the more money you can save from your income, the more net income you have, which increases the borrowing capacity you have with the lender. Number two, spending less increases the deposit that you have, which is looked at favorably by lenders when they're looking to lend you the money. And number three, by spending less, when you have a loan, you can pay it down more quickly, which helps build equity and saves you a lot of interest charged in the future. There are plenty of simple ways to save money. This episode is by no means the only resource out there. I encourage you to search for budget calculators online, as well as any other resources that could help you gain a better understanding of how to save your hard-earned money. I've included a link in the description for our budget planning calculator located at moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. We wanted to create a standalone episode for you guys to sort of further elaborate on some saving uh, like my, uh, tips around saving your money better. Uh, so we came up with about nine points that we wanted to cover. Yeah, we, we just figured budgeting and building up some money in your savings account is all, is often a bit more of a crazy task that people uh it's it's a bigger goal than people realize and it seems like it's a bit impossible so we thought we maybe break down those those tips a bit better so the first one we're going to cover is making a budget um yeah. writing down all the things that you spend your money on and you always talk about it with the 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 pen principle um those art line mm. pens with the four colors on it yeah. you can buy them from office works right um yeah. And prioritizing what you need to spend your money on versus what you want to spend your money on. And maybe making a little bit of a, a table of what things you need to be spending money on and what things you can cut back. Because if you can cut back some of your saving first, uh, if you can cut back some of your spending rather, um, yeah. how do you say it? Money saved is a, do- a dollar saved is a dollar earned, right? Yes. Yep. Was there anything you wanted so, to say yeah, more on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with that one, I think the the starting point is, and, and we've talked about playing play the cards you're dealt. So, you you have a job, um, you've got commitments, you know, rent, utilities, food, you know, cars, you know, to get to and from work and that sort of thing. Yeah, the starting point for trying to save money is doing a budget. Um, if you look on our website, we've got a budget planner. Um, you can look online and find, you know, there's there's ASIC have a money smart calculators. There's all manner of budgeting apps, budgeting you know, websites, all this sort of stuff. So there's plenty of help there. But the first thing we we recommend people do, if you're you know if you want to if you want to save to get in the property market or you want to save to start investing. Um, Go, get get your last three months worth of bank statements and credit card statements and just go through them. Um, get the get the four-coloured pen. Um, green tick goes against everything that you absolutely had to spend money on. You know, you had to pay the power bill, you had to pay your rent, you had to, you know, you had to buy, you know, get food, you had to put petrol in the car. And then put put a red cross against the things or a question mark in red against mm-hmm. the things you probably really could have done away with. You know, you, you really didn't need to buy, you know. So you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be different things for different people. And if you can just... If you can just look at that, tally it up, 
and just see what sort of percentage of things you're spending money on that you could probably do without while you're trying to grow your savings or use savings to pay down debt. Now, if you've got if you've got a credit card and a car loan and you're paying, you know, seven or eight percent on the car loan and 15 to 20 percent on the credit card, um, you, you know, you've really got to try and trim back your expenses to get rid of that debt because it's bad debt. 100%. So um, that's 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 a sort of principle. So yeah, check out our website. There's a good budget planner there, and as I said before, there's plenty of other good things you can use. For sure. Um, and and that sort of carries over to the second point, which is tracking your spending. Um, mm-hmm. I I see it a lot around people wanting to lose weight, and it sort of carries over to budgeting too, right? So, um, yep. a good way that people are. Uh, a way of like understanding what food you're eating every day is writing it down, tracking what you're yep. eating to get an idea of what, what it is that's maybe stopping you from losing weight. And that principle yeah. applies to saving your money too. So if you sort of keep an idea uh, by getting the printouts of your, your bank statements and tracking what you're spending money on day to day, it's very easy to understand uh, and adjust so you're spending less money on purchases that you don't need to be doing, um, yeah. especially if your goals are to uh, to save money for a deposit or to um, mm-hmm. you know buy shares or whatever it is you're saving your money for. Another one we're going to yeah. talk about is paying off your credit card or credit cards. Um, obviously, paying on time and in full is the best way to avoid paying uh, high interest on your credit card bills. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But so, so one way of doing that is consider setting up a direct debit payment. So, automatically, mm-hmm. bank your your bank account is sending money to the credit card company every month. Automatically, the minimum payment you're not having to worry about missing payments and being charged interest as a result. But um, there's, an, there's some advice you might give to clients regarding paying out credit cards and getting rid of them. Can you sort of talk about why that might be a better option for some people? Yeah. So, look, if, if your credit card's a bit out of control, probably the first thing you want to do is stop using it um, because if, if, you're, if you're living on credit, um, yeah, if you can pay your credit card out every month, yeah, it's... It's it's good, yeah. You've mm. um, so long so long as you're only putting things on that that you absolutely need, which comes back to you know, the first point we talked to about, um, you know, being brutal with your with your spending on you know, a green tick or a red question mark or a red cross. But if you've got if you've got you know, a ten grand credit card bill, and the interest rate is say twelve percent you're going to be paying 100 bucks a month in interest on that credit card. Now, the, the starting point's probably got to be to stop using the credit card and using budgeting tip number one to free up cash to pay the credit card down, then out, and then try and, try and keep it where you can pay it out every month or mm. you might be better off while you're trying to save money by not having a credit card. Oh, for sure. Um, it's it's a it's a bit harder these days for people because there's so many tap and go options. It's really easy to lose track of your spending. Um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, people got paid in cash. So you know, you got paid in cash, um, and you would then you know, as you're buying things, you'd see the cash leaving your leaving your wallet. So there was more of a reminder of what you were spending your money on. These days, it's you know we see people's bank statements, 
And you know, sometimes there might be 10 to 15 tap transactions a day, you know, which you do that over a month. You know, people's bank statements can be 10 or 15 pages long. So yeah, it's it just, definitely adds it's, up. It's very, yeah. And, you know, you might, you might, um, you know, we were looking at fire pits online because the fire pit we've got, we want to sort of upgrade. You know, now coming through the Facebook feed and through Google and everything is ads for fire pits. So, you know, if you look, if you look for a pair of shoes, you know, for the next week or two, you get bombarded with shoe ads. So, you know, you might have thought, okay, I'll spend 100 bucks on shoes and you end up buying four pairs for 600 bucks. So it's just a lot easier to spend money now. So it, you know, it requires a lot of discipline. Uh, another thing we're going to chat about is the importance of a savings account. So I think Cam McClelland is from OpenCorp, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. OpenCorp. Yeah, so he mm-hmm. uh, he was on a podcast I listened to recently talking about money-saving tips. And one of the things he brought up was having a savings account that you can't actually access. And uh, yeah. instead of having to rely on your willpower, say there's something you really want to buy. And again, it's a lot harder these days because it's in your face all the time. Um, yeah. Buying things online, especially after you've made plans of looking into something, it's bombarding you with advertising on your phone and computer for you know days afterwards. Um, having a savings account, you're going to get bonus interest uh, from the banks. It's a little lower now because of the cash rate, but you're going to accrue interest that the bank gives you for leaving that money untouched and not touching it. But another way to do that, if you want to build up your savings and really assure that you're not going to have access to it, have it in a way where on your uh, your phone application where you can access your online banking accounts, you actually can't access that money without going through some extra steps. Maybe it's accessing yeah. it with another password. A few more steps might reduce the likelihood of you accessing that money to buy pointless shit that you're not going to need. Yeah. You're going to regret later. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, it's about like you, you mentioned before about losing weight um, and savings a bit like that. You know, you've got to trim the fat of your expenditure mm. in order to, to build up some savings. So, yeah, it can be hard for people if you're renting and, you know, you're trying to save for a deposit or that sort of thing, or, you know, you want to save to invest in, you know, shares or managed funds or crypto or that sort of thing. But the starting point is, you know, look at your situation. You can either you can either earn more money by, you know, doing overtime, getting a better job, taking on more, more responsibility at work, or you can save money by not spending so much money, or you can do both. So in the end, it, it does require discipline. Um, you know, as an old saying, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, yeah. And there are there are people that are that are doing it by um, you know just watching what they're spending. The other the other thing is around um, what you do buy as well. Like you, if if you if you need a car for just getting from A to B maybe try and get a car that's a bit below what you'd normally want. You know, we see quite a lot of people who've got, you know, people in their 20s, cars worth 50, 60 grand, mm. and their, their fortnightly repayment for that car is about what it costs for the average side of invest, investment loan mortgage. Yeah. So it's, a, it's about what you spend your money on as well. You know, if you can if you can make do with a five or $10,000 car that you've paid cash for, you're going to be a lot better off than you know, salary sacrificing to get a $70,000 Prado, which mm. chews, up your borrowing, chews up your borrowing capacity as well as your ability to save money. So uh, what's the, the Robert Kiyosaki quote? Um, 
by the by the, like, by the car you the best car your ego can afford, right? Yeah, some, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Some people love cars, and that's great. But you know, when you're looking at wealth creation, um, cars aren't, aren't usually in the top ten. For sure. Um, talking more about that, another thing we wanted to cover, which is focusing on your regular expenses. So every month you're probably going to have to pay an electricity bill or a phone bill or a Wi-Fi uh, provider. If you can find ways to save $10, you know, save $10 from switching Wi-Fi providers or switching to a cheaper electricity provider, that might mean a lot more money saved by the end of the year. And every little bit counts, right? If you're saving $10 a yeah. month by switching, um, that's $120 that you can put into something. And it might not seem like a lot, but it does add up, especially mm. if, you, yeah. if it's things that they're not affecting your day-to-day -day life. Um, it's a phone call. You know, it's a phone call or two, cancelling and re-signing up to a better provider and you're going to be saving yeah. money every month for having done very little work. That's another yeah. a good consideration because the, the things that you're regularly spending money on, you can cut back on how much of that is, is being taken out of your bank account, I guess. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's also about yeah, things, you, things you buy like um, and when you use things like... Yeah, if you know, are you on the best tariff rate for your electricity? Um, you know, do yeah, I, I think from memory, the, the dearest time for electricity is like between business hours. So, are you using a lot of power during business hours, or um, can you do your washing at night or on weekends, or use cold water rather than hot water? And there's just little, you know, lots of little tips, um, that will save you a lot of money. Mm. Um, yeah. If you've got a credit card with a high interest rate, get it, you know, get it onto a balance transfer card where you might get 0% interest for six to 12 months, mm. but then don't make sure you don't use that card. Um, if you've got interest-free purchases from you know, um, Harvey Norman, you know, through Latitude cards or GE cards, you know, make sure that you're in a position to be paying those loans out before the interest-free period finishes because if you don't, you can get stiff with you know, pretty high penalties and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's just lots of, again, you know, using the analogy of losing weight, lots of little changes can turn into big things. So Another thing we'll, we'll quickly cover, which is I guess it's the emotional impulses that people have around buying things and impulse buying. There was a study a few uh, months ago that we covered. I think it was study was basically talking about the amount of people from the different generations that uh, felt a higher degree of regret for impulse purchases um, and that generation uh, Z and millennials were the most likely, well, they were more than 50% more likely to feel regret from impulse buys. So with that in mind, if there's something online that pops into your feed that you want to buy, maybe try and take five to think about it because it might be something you want to buy in that impulse, but the next day you're going to forget that you ever did it. And then when you get it posted to you, you'll be like, oh, what was the point of buying this? I didn't really want it. I just, I saw it and I thought I'll spend the money because why not? Those are the sorts of purchases yeah. that are also going to add up really quickly. If you're spending a couple of hundred dollars online every week, um, that's something yeah. I've been guilty on, guilty of for sure. Last year when I had a full-time job up in uh, Northern New South Wales, I was spending about a hundred or one hundred and fifty dollars a week on stupid online purchases. It was pointless. It was so stupid. Yeah. But getting a handle on that meant I could put more money aside to invest. 
So that's another really important thing is understanding that an emotional response to something you're buying online, you're probably going to regret, mm. uh, especially if it's not something you need, it's something you want in the moment. So understanding that is yeah. going to help you a lot. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. Can't really add too much to that one. I think it's yeah, a matter okay. of, you know, you know, being aware of what you're spending your money on and, yeah, it's it's basically you know what what banks look at is your net monthly income. So it's yeah, what do you earn after tax and super, and then after all your commitments, so your living expenses, your you know commitments for car loans, credit loan, credit cards, personal loans, all that sort of thing. So yeah, the less they are, the more net monthly income you've got, and probably the more savings as well as a result. Another thing we're going to cover was uh, consider planning your meals, random trips to the shops. Uh, I know this better than any because I live right next to a shopping center. Going to Coles or Woolies every couple of days to buy one or two things, you never leave with the with only the two things you yeah, planned on buying. You never do mm-hmm. that. Unplanned shit trips to the shops is is going to be an expensive endeavor in the end. So think about planning your meals out and doing one bulk grocery shopping spree rather than uh, trying to buy things on the fly because you end up spending a lot more money uh, when you're yeah. not planning it out as well. And and another good uh, a positive about planning your meals is it hopefully going to lower the amount of times you spend extra money on Uber Eats. Um, and that's yeah. another way that it really going to eat into your, your, uh, the money you save every month. If you're buying, if you spend, you know, I feel like an average bill for an Uber Eats is up to maybe between 30 and $50. Once you include the extra taxes and the extra delivery fees and all the different service mm-hmm. charges they include, you might be eating for one person and it's going to cost you 40 to $50. That adds up over yeah. time really quickly. If you're doing that two or three times a week, that's $150 a week you're throwing mm-hmm. away that you could be saving a lot of if you just bought things from the grocery store. So that's another consideration. Yeah, and yeah, if you if you're pushed for time, so you do need Uber Eats, you might be better off with a, a different option where you know you have uh, Light and Easy or Hello Fresh or something like that. That might yeah. be a cheaper way of doing it. Or sure. you might just you might just on one day of the week um, cook for the week and um, yeah, eat off that. Um, yeah, the other thing is around yeah taking your lunch to work. If you take your lunch to work rather than um, rather than buy your lunch, you know, you're probably going to be saving 30, 40 bucks a week, which you know, you know, 1500 bucks to two grand a year, which is not too bad. It, it sort of draws back to the provider question of things that you regularly spend money on, which is don't suffer from loyalty tax. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you uh, could switch a provider, but you don't want to because you've been brand loyal to that company for a long time. I see it a bit with some friends when it comes to shopping only at Coles or only at Woolworths or only at Aldi. Um, Sometimes that's a positive thing because you're saving money by only shopping at the place that you know has the cheapest uh, deal for what you are, what you want to buy, that's a good thing. But if you're going to the same store because you're loyal to that store, even though it's more expensive, maybe you should reconsider that. Another one is 
Uh, I've not really used it, but I've heard really good things, which is these apps online you can get on your phone for free that help figure out what's the cheapest petrol option for you yeah. uh, by the location you're in. I haven't paid for mm. petrol in a while because of lockdown. I'm not really driving anywhere, but um, that's another really good way to save a little bit of money that adds up quickly over time is looking into where you can get the cheapest deal for your petrol, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's another one yeah. to, to consider for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like pet, petrol's a good one. Like we probably no matter where you live, if you if you look around, you'll find that there's probably one or two service stations that are consistently cheaper than everyone else, just for mm. varying varying, re- varying reasons. Um, um, also, there's you know there's often publicity around the, on the best days of the week to buy fuel, and I think from memory it's Monday or Tuesday. Um, mm. You know, a lot of people get paid Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, or you know doing trips pre-COVID on the weekends. So you know there used to be the, the petrol price cycle, so you'd have you know cheaper days of the week. So it's just a matter of um, um, yeah, planning and um, yeah, trying to trying to get as many um, cheaper benefits as you can. And something to consider with that too. Our lifelong family mechanic spoke a lot about the importance of maybe avoiding E10 fuel if you can, um, mm. because it's a lot cheaper, but it's not good for the engine, and that might lead to some. Uh, it might lead to some engine problems a little quicker than than you would have like to which might be more expensive in the long term so that's a consideration too that that mechanic um you know says and i think he's right that you get better fuel economy you get more miles out of the tank uh, when you're using the better fuels and the last one if you're going to do any of these things or you really want to adapt a mindset of saving as much money as possible make sure it doesn't become an unhealthy mentality um Mm -hmm. trying to save every single cent is not going to help your social life or your mental health. Um, Obviously with lockdown, you can't exactly go out and spend money at bars and clubs and things like that. Um, The, the, the tips we might give about saving money. It's important that you try and save money. If that's something you really want to do, you definitely don't want to half ass it. You want to try and save money, but you also don't want to mean that that, uh, is on the, uh, what's the word? You don't want that to mean you have no social life and you don't spend time with your friends anymore um, yeah. because you don't want to lose all of your friends and your support network because of this one goal that, uh, you know, if it's that big of a priority, do your thing, but just be aware that you can't sacrifice everything and nothing come yeah, out of it sure. that's, that's negative, you know? Exactly, but it might be uh, pre-pandemic times or when when we're over lockdowns. You know, you might have gone out two or three nights a week. You can drop it back to one to two nights a week. Um, you know that you, um, you know, you don't, um, you know, spend too much when you go out. That you try mm-hmm. to keep your budget. You look at you know, cheaper options, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, for sure. It's it's just a matter of you know, a bit of planning goes a long way. So um, yeah, and the the more the more disciplined you can be, the the better off you'll be. Hundred percent. And it's not and it's not just all, all it's not just all about you know buying property either. It's um whether you want to invest in in any any sort of thing. You know, one of um the first guests on your show um talked about putting away fifteen percent 
of your earnings into investment. So you know, if you get if you get a net thousand dollars a week, um, one hundred and fifty bucks should be invested somewhere, whether it's in shares, managed funds, um, crypto. Um, put in a high interest savings account, um, that sort of thing. One of the one of the other things I'd also mention too is, um, yep, we meet we meet in our travels a lot of people that have read the Barefoot Investor, and I think the Barefoot Investor is really good. It's really good advice. Um, yeah, it's there's some really good stuff there. But I I'd counsel people about really overcomplicating their life with so many different accounts. And I think, you know, if you've got an account that is like your bills account, an account that's your savings account, and, you know, maybe one other account that you keep for a rainy day or whatever, um, that's probably all you need. Like we see some people who've got like, they might be a couple and they might have one or two shared accounts, but then they've got like about five or six other accounts each. And it's just, you know, to do your head in trying to keep up, keep, trying to keep on top of how much money you've actually got. So sure. try and keep it. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, don't, just try and keep it simple. But um, as I said, the stuff in the Barefoot Investor is really good advice. So, you know, I'd um, recommend people read it. But um, just, you know, try and simplify it a bit if you can. If anybody wanted to get in touch, how might they do that, David? Yeah, through... Um, Facebook, Instagram, or the website, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Happy to chat. Um, as I said before, on our website is a great budgeting calculator or budgeting tool that can help you set a budget up. And, you know, there's plenty of apps and, you know, there's a lot of budgeting tools around and, um, yeah, plenty of help if you need it.